Coming up on today's show, we have a few news and rumors that we would like to talk about, just a couple of things to discuss, and then from there, we're just going to go anything Disney. This coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Traveling with a Mouse. This is episode number 236, to be exact, and it is Wednesday, October the 2nd. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Adam. What's up, everybody? And Jason. Hello, everyone. It is still hot. You said October, right? Yes, like it is the second day. degrees here in Atlanta, so... And for, forgive me, I, sh- for, I keep forgetting that I need to start uh, introducing you as parchaeology expert. That's correct. Uh, I am Jason. still um, reigning parchaeology expert of this podcast <laughs> until you guys get your completions. At least of this podcast. You're most definitely the expert of this podcast when it comes to parchaeology. Within this podcast, yes, I am the expert. Gotcha. All right. So where do we want to begin this week? Adam, you want to start off with anything the Skyliner's open. We didn't uh, mention that last week because they uh, were yes. doing previews and such. But official opening date, of course, was the 29th, and it is open and running. We've seen, you know, a million videos of people riding it already, so I'm sure you have as well out there listening, but very cool. Yeah. If there's one thing about this day and age, if you go on social media and you don't like the first video you saw, just, you know, search for a few more. There'll be at least a half dozen, if not more, out in no time. Right. So. Well, my favorite complaints I've seen so far are that it's uh, really high up. You know, it's high in the air. I, I don't really know <laughs> what you were expecting. Uh, it's like you sky. couldn't figure that one out. Skyliner. I really wish Skyliner. it was lower. I'm like, number one, Skyliner. when you drove past it, you saw how high up it was. Number two, yeah, I was Skyliner. Say. <laughs> it's no higher yeah. than the monorail. Yeah, you, I was like, these folks could have figured this out like during testing without people. They could have figured those parts out. Right. Oh, and you've seen the post where like occasionally it will stop and someone's like, stop for 10 minutes. And then there's 100 r- responses. How hot did you get? Did you bake? Are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's yeah, people like, that brought okay. thermometers on too that monitored the temperature. Oh, brother! Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want. I want to say like, okay, you came or live in Central Florida, and you're going to be walking around outside probably a good bit at some point. The few seconds that you're going to be stopped on this thing, uh, in comparison to the rest of the day, is absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's my thinking. Doesn't seem that bad to me, but. Yeah, I'd like to see how they propose that for them to put an air conditioning unit on those suckers because they're on a cable. So like just right. like an AC <laughs> window unit on each one. <laughs> right. They could, they could, they could run the power through the cable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nothing, nothing unsafe about that at all. Right. Just having a, a really long extension cord on each one. That's <laughs> going back and forth. Now I was actually listening to some reviews about it, and when you watch the videos online, you see pretty obviously that there's wind blowing in their hair or something like that. Especially if it's someone with mm-hmm. long hair that's sitting, you know, and they when mm-hmm. they first take off. But it's not only that air comes through on the top, but there's actually some ventilation through the bottom mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or underneath the seats as well. 
that uh, I think most people looking at it or whatever miss talking about. But it 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 has really good airflow from everyone I've talked that's been reasonable about what the system is. And, right. and of course, that does rely on those moments whenever it's traveling faster, which is the majority of the time. You know, when it slows down, yeah, it's going to get a little warm in there. It's, it is central Florida. You are encased in glass, essentially, and you're in the air. Hmm. So you're, you know. It's no worse than when you get stopped on the monorail and it loses power. I mean, you're going to get hot in there quick. Yeah. When there's no and, AC. And they, you know, it's adjustable. It's They were prepared for those cooler months as well because you can actually shut those vents. It, has, yeah, it is capable of being shut. So, yeah. The one thing, though, that was a little weird to me seeing the videos of the Skyliner is when you're going over the Epcot and you're really looking at backstage areas, I wonder if they're going to do anything to kind of hide some of the show building once it's done for like Ratatouille. Yeah. Because right now it's like you're just flying over a construction zone, which I know eventually it's going to be finished, but you still see the whole side of the building and the backs of these buildings uh, that you're going to go over. So I wonder how they're going to disguise yeah. that, if if they are even going to try to disguise it at any point. But You know, to me, when I looked at all the links that are the legs of it, I guess, that were shown, mm-hmm. I think the most scenic one currently at least, is you can kind of take your pick either from Riviera to Caribbean or vice versa. That's what I thought. I mean, I thought it looked pretty cool seeing all the rooftops of the Caribbean going over yeah. buildings and the the beach down there and the, how that water's a little bit off to the left or right, whichever way you're going. And I got to be honest, looking at Riviera a little more in depth, I, I actually think I would like that resort. I definitely want to give it a shot. I want, definitely want to stay there. Yeah, looks very nice. How much was it again per point, Jason, for Riviera? $188 a point. $188 a point. Hmm. I'll have to see if that's if that's worth worth it or not. <laughs> You're going to buy the DVC versus... You can go to know. Riviera for 50 years. That's true. Well, think about it. 50 years from now, I don't know, can you, uh, can you will DVC to somebody? I don't know if they... Yes, do they allow that? Yes, you can. See, there you go. 50 years from now, I'll be 90, assuming <laughs> that I were to buy it. But what I see of the Riviera Resort, it looks very convenient in a lot of ways, especially where the Skyliner Station is. I did the tour of the rooms. The rooms look amazing. Yeah. So um, I think if the Skyliner crowds go down a little bit from what they are from now because it's brand new, mm-hmm. the Riviera will be very popular because it's very convenient to get to the parks on that Skyliner from there. That's the only one where you don't need to transfer, if I'm am right. I right, to get to either park. You still have to transfer. No, you have to. Hollywood Studios. Yeah. You have to transfer. Yeah, to because whenever you go to Caribbean, it doesn't just go straight through like it originally looked like. Like No matter what you do, when you get to Caribbean, you have to get off yeah, some, no matter what. at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like all three lines to come to an end. Yeah. Right there at Caribbean Beaches um, Station. So you would have to get off no matter what you do. Um, I, I, which to me makes Caribbean Beach in and of itself probably the most convenient on the Skyliner, wouldn't you say? I mean, because mm-hmm. it's yeah, got the station that goes because everywhere. Because the disadvantage of Riviera would be the guests on Skyliner don't have to disembark there. So you're going to have to wait longer for an empty gondola potentially. 
because some guests are not going to, they're going to be riding through, obviously. So, to get to the park, so maybe, yeah, but at Riviera too, the station is also more convenient to in re- in relation to the hotel. It's not as far to walk either, right? As compared to some of the others, that's true. Because especially if you're staying at Caribbean Beach and you're staying at one of the uh, outer buildings further away from the from the uh, station, you got a long walk to go. Obviously, yeah, I almost. I almost looked at it and I was like, Riviera, I know they named it all its own, but it's almost so, it's so close. It's almost like saying that Caribbean Beach got DVC. Almost like it's just like saying Grand Destino Tower. It's almost like they got, it's almost like <laughs> Coronado got DVC without the DVC label. Well, they got a deluxe but, resort attached to a moderate. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, again, I would, I, the more I see of it, I didn't think so originally, but the more I see of it, I would actually, I really want to stay at Riviera, especially with that discount we just recently saw from the Disney Visa card holder. I, I would like to be able to swing that. It's probably already completely booked by now. <laughs> Maybe that's what it, yes, possibly. Because speaking of that, I mean, want to jump into that story. The, um, they were offering that 40% discount, which, uh, the news outlets picked it up, but I never saw anything official either. But I did try to call this morning and got told, you know, we estimate your call will be answered in less than 10 minutes. And 35 minutes later, I'm still on hold and yeah. I couldn't stay on any longer. So I had to, to hang up. So I never got to find out if anything was available. But yeah, I, I think I've had more trouble getting Disney on the phone than I ever have in general. Yeah. I I had one time not too long ago in which I called and my call like was supposed to be transferred and then it got dropped or something and I automatically went to the asking me about the survey. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't weird. do anything. Like, you, yeah. want me to, you really want me to take the survey? That was a really good deal, I thought, at 40%, though. I was like, man, are they having trouble? Are they, they want to make sure they get those rooms filled up. Although, based on when you look, try to look at availability during the time period, especially around Rise of the Resistance, you can't find much. Well, available. certainly not at not at Riviera. It's not open at that point. Well, I'm not I talking about at Riviera. I'm just talking about in general. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like I just for kicks, um, I just for kicks tried to say, okay, let's just say a couple of nights. Let's, I, I said, let's do the fifth and leave on the seventh. And the only thing that came up was Coronado. That was it. Like literally nothing else came up except for Coronado. I've never searched and had one hotel be my only yeah. option. Try looking so. for uh, Columbus weekend or the indigenous people's weekend. Yeah. That is like book solid. See, and I've noticed that like post Skyliner opening that the resorts that are on the Skyliner uh, are hard to find as well. Whereas they used to be more available, especially yeah. Caribbean. Right. We used to get find Caribbean all the time, but. Right. Now it's never available. And pop you could find because of the number of rooms, but apparently Skyliner affected them too. Yeah. Seems pop like has it. tons of rooms. Right. All right. So I kind of want to move along to something that we, we touched on these back when D23 came out, but I have a couple of subjects that I've, I've looked at just a, a little bit of news or heard a few opinions about since that time period. And I kind of wanted to discuss it with you guys and see what your your thought is on it once we get the the overall about it. And the first one I want to bring up is the Disney Genie, which, of course, is what they've billed as being able to make planning easier and providing customized itineraries geared toward interest and things like that. 
It's set to debut in late 2020. They don't have an exact date for that. So if you're interested in using it, you're not going to be able to pre pre-plan your trip for 2020 if you're going to do it in 2020 that is supposed to enhance the way you plan and experience a trip to Walt Disney World I'm just going to kind of read off the the gist of it right now says joining other innovations like the magic band which was they had no problems there at all with that when it first came out that was sarcasm for those that didn't pick up on it Disney Genie is being designed to help you make the most out of your visit, whether you're a first-time guest or a seasoned pro. Disney Genie will make planning easier and more fun by providing customized itineraries geared toward your interest right at your fingertips. From a royal princess-themed day at Magic Kingdom Park to a trip around the world at Epcot for foodies and even a perfect day for thrill-seekers. Based on that, it sounds like they're trying to gear your day toward whatever you know like if you're saying you want it to be a princess themed day then they're going to gear it toward that if you want it to be a thrill seeking day they're going to gear it toward that you know i'm sure they ask questions or something like that do you think the they way. have a parkeology challenge option i <laughs> seriously doubt it right no. i think that this thing is going to be like most of the other things that you get when you ask disney for planning advice and that is inaccurate and wrong uh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better to ha- speak with someone who is an expert or is a seasoned veteran of Disney. They probably will give you better advice than I think this app will. And that's speaking from someone who does data science for a living. I think that, yeah, they might give you some suggestions, but how dynamic will it be? And is everybody just going to get the same plan? And if they don't, how is how? Like, how is it going to integrate with booking fast passes and all that? It's going to really matter. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me go into the next paragraph on this. It says, sometimes you may know exactly what you want to do, but may not know the best time or order in which to do it. That sounds like they're directly addressing exactly what Lynn Testa and Touring Plans addressed mm-hmm. many moons ago. Right. Right. They um, have that planner already, but yeah. Right. It says, you'll be able to tell Disney Genie what you'd like to experience, and it will quickly evaluate millions of options to present you with an optimal day, because you had an option. You have an option on the Touring Plans app for those that don't use it or don't have the paid version anyway. I don't think you have to have the paid version to do this, but you might, to optimize the plan every time that something changes. And best of all, it's flexible. If you change your mind for any reason, Disney Genie will re-optimize your day, much like Touring Plans you can do. Disney Genie can also send you real-time tips and updates including recommendation for experiences it thinks you'll love, helping you navigate the theme parks with added convenience and comfort. If you don't want to worry about making reservations in multiple steps, Disney Genie will even take care of that for you. What do you think that means exactly? Sounds to me like it might integrate with the dining reservation system and maybe even FastPass. Yeah. Kind of, but it says, you know, worry about making it in multiple steps. I'm like, I don't remember there really being that many steps to it. How much? Well, I mean, it's not like it's complicated. Going to another app, going to another app, having to do it, refresh, maybe missing the fast pass. Maybe it all is supposed to be seamless. Yeah, I think what it looks like on these little screenshots that they're showing or these little graphics that they're previewing what it's going to look like. I think it's going to say like, hey, this is in your plans. There's a fast pass available between ten fifteen and eleven fifteen. Do you want to book this fast pass? 
you know, yeah. if it's in your plans and it's available. Or although it looks like the other uh, rise, it says, oh, there's a, you know, of course on the the example they give, it's a ten minute wait. But you know, it's like there's like a fifty minute wait for whatever. Do you want to ride it now or that kind of thing? And I'll say this too about the difference between say something like touring plans and this. Um, Disney's algorithms and Disney's information that they have available is still going to be geared toward what they, what they want you to do, not necessarily what's best for you. Whereas touring plans being an outside source is doing it for what's the best way to, for you to navigate, but what's best for you, you know, Disney is still going to have that one factor where they're going to do what's best for you, but what's also best for us, not just solely what's best for you. Whereas touring plans has the, the guest in mind and only Mm. the guest in mind. They don't have Disney in mind. Right. So So I I guarantee you Disney is going to push things that don't get a lot of fast pass bookings. Like, um, Hey, have you tried tough to be a bug? It's a great 3d show. Why don't you get a fast pass for it? There's 8,000 fast passes available. (laughs) <laughs> or have you had Tony's Town Square restaurant? Like, it's available. You know, they're going to push the things that don't get booked a lot um, on the app to people who may not know any difference. It's like, have you tried the Swiss Family Treehouse? It's amazing. <laughs> right. One thing that I'm going to find interesting, find interesting is if it does integrate with FastPass, how that will change the FastPass drop game. And if we have more sources eating up fast passes and yeah. I think there'll be a whole new metagame coming into play right. as soon as that goes live. Yeah, it might and, be worth getting this app for that reason if it helps pull fast passes in different ways, yeah. Yeah, I mean well, are they I mean, they already had some problems earlier this year. I think they claimed it was a bug where right now if a fast pass drops on your app, you've got it held for a certain amount of time and you it, while it's on the screen you can pick it up so if like if i was to refresh 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 and all of a sudden flight of passage shows up for nine o'clock in the morning i have time to think about it and hit it and if i hit it i'll get it um, right there was a short couple of week period where they pushed out an update to the app where you saw nine o'clock flight of passage but if you weren't quick enough you wouldn't get it like they were they were putting the nine o'clock fast pass on everybody's screen at the same time. And whoever hit it first got it. And so you, that they've already screwed up once. I'm just hoping they don't screw that kind of stuff up again. There's going to be bugs for sure. When this thing drops, I would be totally shocked knowing Disney just because Disney is not a technological company. Really? I mean, a lot of people think of them as because a lot of the technology they have put in place, but they, I mean, they are not a tech company. And there are companies that have things out and better prepared than they do for a reason, because those companies are tech companies and Disney is not, even though they use technology. There is always a uh, growing pains, so to speak, with everything that they release technology wise. And this is going to be no different. I don't even know if it'll be truly usable for the first year in my (laughs) estimation. All right. Hot take. Bold prediction. It's going to be a flop. Nobody's going to use it. Initially, Perhaps. yes, but if they they're going to tweak it until they make it where people like it, though they're going to tweak it. I mean, how many people? How many people go to the parks now and don't even have the My Disney Experience app on their phone? I see a ton of people 
yeah, much less true. people that are going to use like the types the of people that are into using the apps are more often the people <clears throat> that don't need the Disney Genie app. Right. Well, you got to think of it this way too. Going forward, they're also thinking, you know, the generation gap is going to be much different. It's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a generation who is more tech savvy, who is more likely to use apps that are probably coming into the the uh, age of going to Disney more often and are going to be more likely to use this going forward. But, well, like you said, though, the average tourist still, I mean, they don't they don't even know how to use the technology that exists. I get I get what Jason's coming from. Because they're still just kind of clueless I, to some of these things. I know things, how but. many times I was standing or blasting through a line on the challenge and I heard someone say, well, this is our last fast pass of the day. This is our third one. So right. we should head back to right. the resort. Or yeah. they don't even know they can get another one. Yeah, right. right. And I'll just, I mean, I don't mind saying this on this podcast if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about. I would be, in, in this day and age, I would be comfortable going to a park without any pre-done fast pass and try to get them same day just by keep checking, constantly checking. I, I, I would I be comfortable. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. July 5th, July 4th and 5th. So on July 5th, I did the thing. My mother-in-law was with us, and I did the, the special where I could buy her a cheap one-day ticket uh, because I was a pass holder, but I had to buy it at the gate. Since I had to buy it at the gate, I couldn't pull fast passes for her until she had a ticket. So we walked into, one day we went to Epcot, one day we went to uh, Animal Kingdom. And so we walked into Animal Kingdom with no fast passes, and we rode everything. Yeah. All with fast passes. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for same day. There really is. You just have to be devoted to checking. That's all I'll say. You have to be devoted to checking. This time of year, it's not as bad either. I mean... September, October, November, up until Christmas, you'll, you, you've got a little bit better chance. I know the crowds are picking back up, but I still remember when I went back to Disney for like really the first time I started getting back into Disney and went for a nice week was with my niece and it was October and I just pulled Expedition Everest 10 times in a row because she wanted to oh, ride yeah. it. I mean, yeah. it's... There's, there's certain hard. ones. Yeah, there's certain ones that are going to be harder than others, but most you're going to be able to get like multiple times if you want and save time by doing it. If you want to ride it multiple times. Like I've almost tried to give people tips. I've been in front of barnstormer and just right. my son wants to ride it multiple times, especially like a year ago, people walk up and the guy will be like, you're 30 minutes early. And they'll be like, Oh, okay, well I guess I'll go do something else. I'm like, just open the app. It's available. You can just right. ride it right now. <laughs> just refresh. It. Right. Just refresh it. You'll get a time. It's like 10 minutes from now at best. <laughs> If nothing else. (laughs) I was texting a friend of mine who was at Hollywood Studios for the day. And he was, I I was connected to him, but not the rest of his party. So I could see what fast passes he had. And I was like, there's, I was like, just refresh the fast pass. You can get on it now. I guarantee you. And they did. Yep. (laughs) Once they finally realized what you could do, you could refresh, modify it. And Hollywood Studios is an interesting beast now because, uh, if the tiers. you, if you're, well, like, yeah, the tiers are different. And if you're like going on a vacation day, you have to go and like unlock and at least tap into a show. If right. not watch a show. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would say, I mean, since we're talking on the subject, we might as well give tips that we feel like we can fairly give. 
even if you're looking for a specific fast pass or you have a specific attraction and just say just say any time comes up whatsoever okay take the time and then once you have that time just constantly try to modify it because you're going to move it up almost guaranteed i don't care what time of year it is you're going to move it up to some degree even if you don't move it up all the way to now but you may move it up to close to now uh, every time just even if you like say if you're you're let's say you're at the park at midday and you find an eight o'clock flight of passage just grab it mm-hmm. and then constantly modify it <laughs> until you're more closer to the time you want there is a video on our youtube channel of me demonstrating that yeah so there you go there is. I didn't mm-hmm. even know we had a video out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's on our Patreon page too, but okay. anyway, uh, back to the app really quick though. If, if this app is a flop and no, no one's downloading it, what they're going to do is every sitcom on ABC, they're going to be doing their Disneyland episode. <laughs> like, Hey, have you tried this new Disney genie? It's so awesome. You know, <laughs> and then good morning America is going to have a Disney genie special where awesome. everyone gets uh, do it right when it releases something yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i just want to read that since you're alluding to this right uh, this was last week or upcoming still in in an event of galactic proportions the disney family of television networks will offer easter eggs vacation giveaways and sneak peeks into the star wars galaxy's edge so it's everywhere on Tuesday, mm-hmm. September 24th, it was on Live with Kelly and Ryan. On September 26th, Good Morning America, The View, Tamron Hall, Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki? I don't know who that is. Uh, Nightline. Do you love me? Oh. Yeah. Blackish, The Goldbergs, Modern Family, American House. Like, you cannot watch TV and not get an advertisement for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Dancing with the Stars. I'm surprised they didn't yep. just do a whole Star Wars Galaxy's Edge night on Dallas. Dance. I didn't even know Dancing with the Stars was back on. I don't, who's yeah. even on that show this season? I don't know. You know Star I Wars night. I remember back in the day how Disney, when they used to want to get the word out for something, how they would put it on television and how they, you know, it would be at least in rotation enough where people would, would know about it, right? Nowadays, it feels like everything they do, they just like beat a dead horse. With, with everything that they try to, to release and yeah. that they want would, to bring attention to. It was on 10 a.m. Sports Center in college <laughs> game day. Yeah. They, uh. they visited they visited the land. I mean... It's gone from effective promotion to shameless promotion. I mean, they do <laughs> have more outlets now, right? Because they own more networks and mm-hmm, places right. to put this in, and they can do it essentially for free, right? Because they own it all. Um but at the same time, it'd be this easier is, to name what they don't own. Yeah, yeah. This 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 sort of reeks of uh, desperation. Of, yeah, not yeah. A little bit <laughs> in of in my opinion. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe things aren't going quite according to plan. Yeah. Hence the uh, corporate shakeup, which also is uh, another news story about you know changes in the uh, management. The uh, Disney World has a new president now, which from I think. Uh, Josh DeMauro moving from Disneyland over to Disney World, but Rebecca Campbell is moving to Disneyland. Who was the one? Was it Kathleen? No, Catherine. What was her name? Catherine, Catherine Powell. Powell. Yeah, she left. She was fi- well. She was fired essentially. Um, she resigned. Her position was eliminated. <laughs> right. Yeah, and she was not reached for comment. 
shocking. It's kind of like the scene from something like The Godfather when someone goes away on vacation or something. Right. No. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she's doing just fine. Right. Yeah, she got a nice little <laughs> bonus for going quietly and not uh, right. talking. But I don't know why she is the one that's on the chopping block when Chapik is probably the one that should be blamed for any shortcomings. Problem is, they probably paid her in condos credits. Probably <laughs> right. She can't. Well, it's like when them. a football team goes starts doing poorly. The yeah. first thing you do is you fire the assistant coach, and then when that doesn't work out, then right. the coach has got to go. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's Nowadays, close. they fire them like three games into the season. Apparently, they fire them in the first month. I've seen a couple of changes already. Yeah. Looking at D twenty three, and you see how. Things have changed over the years. Like uh, Chapek and Iger both have the personality of a brick from Main Street versus, <laughs> you know, when Walt Disney did his specials, you know, he was so enthusiastic and so excited about what was going, coming to Disneyland. And all those things are just so fun to watch, even 50, 60 years later. Versus now, when you see D23, it's just like, okay, just show me this stuff. I don't want to hear you talk about it because you're really boring. The majority of the Eisner era, I mean, I thought was great. The majority of it. It was only only right at the end whenever things were bad. He knew what original attraction meant. Well, yes. But, I mean, you can't argue that, that, that Iger hasn't done a good job in terms of making a lot of money and a lot of decisions that have made the company very... Uh, financially well off but otherwise you know i don't think chapek uh, you know you can make the same argument that things are going well but not most of the fan base is not very happy with well chapek Iger's made a lot of big moves but then again much like eisner his biggest asset has been in the film industry more so than the park right. industry right yeah so I mean, okay, so let's, you know, the ray of positivity in here, right? So Galaxy's <laughs> Just, Edge, yeah. disappoint, disappointment as far as crowds. Yeah. They, and it was it was a double disappointment because I think not only did not as many, were not as many people interested in Galaxy's Edge, more people stayed away because they thought too many people were going to be, I I mean, just go play back our podcast from a few months ago when we said it was going to be packed, you know, wall to wall. You're not going to be able to get in. Right. We, everybody just assumed that's what was coming. Right. Um, I think I could find something earlier this year where that was your opinion. It was, it was a slow (laughs) decay into, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to go well. And so I think it was a, they really botched the rollout of this, which is why heads had to roll. Like maybe they right. should have just waited till Rise of the Resistance opened, and they would have gotten a better response, right? right. So right. I think that's all. That's somewhat of the negativity. But look at also in the next year, we're going to have a lot of things to rave about, right? I mean, we're going to have Ratatouille coming. We've got Runaway Railway coming. We got. Guardians of the Galaxy coaster around the corner. We've got a few new things. Like, I think these things are going to possibly, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster will probably outsurpass many of the other rides just because coasters always do well. Oh, yeah. 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 They're always well, it's And it's, it's the most unique experience that they have on the board, if you ask me. I mean, other than Rise of the Resistance, which will be out very soon. So. Yeah. Of the ones remaining after Rise of the Resistance, the one that has the most unique experience to offer is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I forgot the name of it. 
What's it called so again? I think, yeah, uh, I think they'll be fine. I think this is just a miscalculation, and they miscalculated a lot. So they, uh, <laughs> yeah, cosmic rewind. So I think mm. that's why these heads have to roll, and Chapek's trying to bide time so that he'll start to look better once the other stuff starts rolling out and maybe the crowds pick back up. Well, you know, their yeah. stock has kind of, it's kind of showed that there was disappointment based on the anticipation. Cause when all the anticipation was announced, it jumped, but then it's the actual following through. And I don't think I'll, I'll give a little bit of positivity out of this. I don't think galaxy's edge is really that big of a disappointment. I think things are kind of unfolding. I think they were doing their best to prepare for what if like everybody just converges on this thing. So they were prepared for what they needed to do to try to lessen that blow. It was the what if scenario. Mm-hmm. They don't know because, right. you know, because when it comes to the star Wars fan base, it can be very unpredictable. They have a tendency to throw money at, a lot of stuff related to Star Wars, like the hardcore ones. It's just a matter of how many of those are out there, I guess, is what they were. If you look at Galaxy's Edge from a shareholder perspective, it's a flop from what they wanted, right? But if you look at it from a guest perspective, it's actually, you know, yes, you're missing a ride, but it's a great place to go because it's not as crowded as you thought it would be. The wait time for the one ride is reasonable. The land is immersive, and you're not wall-to-wall. You actually can somewhat enjoy it. So, in fact, mm-hmm. it's not a flop of a land. Right. It's a flop from a shareholder's perspective right. only. Right. From yeah. a certain point of view. And we will we don't really know that for a fact. We'll see once the numbers come out because, you know, this as we're recording this, it's end of fiscal year for them. So we'll know very soon just yeah. exactly what they announce numbers-wise. Right. So. Right, but as you know, there's a lull now. But once we get closer to the fiftieth, everything's gonna change. The crowds are gonna be back, and everything's gonna be. Yeah. And honestly, I'll go on record saying the changes to Epcot, I think, are gonna be better off for the park overall. It's gonna increase attendance. It's gonna make it more exciting, and I think overall, it's gonna be better than what it is today for sure. Or what it was a year ago, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Going back and to I'll Riviera, say, that's only going to increase that value too. Cause now Riviera Caribbean right beach, there. everything on the Skyliner is going to be tier two of the, I would say most exciting with all the new stuff. Parks, Hollywood mm-hmm. studios and Epcot are going to be the most exciting over the next couple of years, really. Yeah. And I'll say this too, that um, September, when you look at the wait times, I feel like with the exception of, you know, the hurricane made things really dead, of course. But I think things for September really picked up right about to normal. I don't really know that. I won't know that until we see the numbers. But I think it probably picked up at least to normal for for September. Yeah. People are starting to go on their fall breaks and whatnot. And yeah, um, October. It looked like that. I mean, we just uh, were recording this. We watched the uh, live stream of the final Illumination show. Uh, I saw some pictures that showed huge crowds coming for the final show. So people are coming out for special events like that. Right. And that's one of those things where a lot of locals will come for just to say, cause it's the last time the, the Disney fans that are locals anyway. Yeah. yeah. So to put a button on that story, the, uh, the new presidents for uh, Disney world, Disneyland will start in November. So as of right now, everyone reports directly to Chapek until November and then they will assume their new roles. So we'll see what happens 
post-November, if anything, better comes of their based on their decisions, you know. You know, and companies do shakeups all the time, some for the better, some for the worse, some end up being completely neutral because the real problem is the people who made the changes. But I will see once this yeah. all is said and done. As I've expressed before, I'm not really the biggest Chapik fan in the world. I have a problem with his strategy when it comes to the parks. I think he's a little too IP heavy, even though there's a place for IP. I just, I feel like there is a audience that wants a quality attraction that's with an original idea like myself, and they haven't been given that in over 10 years now. So, well, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have to have what, you know, you can say original ideas. It's not IP as long as it's really good and well done. I'm fine with it. Like, like Rise of the Resistance, if it's as good as it, the hype is about it and what we know of it, then I will be extremely happy with that over something that's original or not Star Wars related or not IP based. I think it'll be fantastic. Well, I mean, I can give you an example. Like, I think Jason and I, we share this opinion. We'll go to Everest, Animal Kingdom. Right. Yeah. As good of an attraction and as amazing as an attraction that Flight of Passage is... I still choose Everest as my yeah, but, favorite I mean, overall it, it, attraction. I like Flight of Passage as an amazing attraction, but Everest, yeah, the theming is incredible. But it is a coaster. Joe Rogan. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're that's not, we're not over here praising Dinosaur over Flight of Passage, which is no. a good ride, but it's, you know, right. Primeval well, World is not going to win. <laughs> right. I think we're, yeah. Here's my biggest criticism of Flight of Passage. The pre-show in and of itself, because there's two of them, it takes entirely too long. It's unnecessary. I get that they want to get the point across, and I get that they want it to be as immersive as possible, but it's just too much. They did better with Millennium Falcon in that sense, because the pre-show is just the right amount of time. Right. Well, I think Um, Flight of Passage pre-show is all about getting people doing something other than standing in line, (laughs) because you're just waiting on the previous show to end before you go into the theater yourself. So you're just basically doing something rather than just standing around. So I I like that they do that. I think Rise of the Resistance is going to be the same way. You're going to be doing different things rather than just standing in a queue for an hour. Tell me how you feel about the Flight of Passage pre-shows when you've watched both of them and then get evacuated and then have to watch them both again. (laughs) Well, I mean, I... I, Did you... uh, I can quote uh, it. Uh, fly. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. We're going to uh, check look. you for... Uh... <laughs> Parasites, yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, You've all got them. Let's load that test sequence. What do you call it? The... Yeah. Are you doing test track now? <laughs> no, what did he say? That... Let's load that uh, when when they're stalling for more time. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, test load program. Up the, uh, yeah, the test yeah, yeah, something. I mean, that's just... Uh, it's just... Yeah. It's Not only that, the guy... Uh, poor guy, I mean... He's really not that great of an actor, truthfully. But that he, they deal uh, with that. he is uh, fine. Why uh, <laughs> is the problem with uh, him? They, I think he's fine. Sounds sounds like sounds like he's related to Jeff Goldblum. Actually, <laughs> the way you're doing that. <laughs> Maybe he was challenging Goldblum. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying between the two, I'm amazed by Flight of Passage. But as far as repeatability and just doing something over and over again, I would choose Everest. And I don't think it, I mean, maybe the coaster part is it. It's a good coaster is the thing. And it's an overall experience when it comes to it. Just like Tower of Terror. I choose Tower of Terror over a coaster over there because yeah. the overall experience is what's enjoyable. Yeah. More, more enjoyable. 
But again, so. they have to be a good ride first. Right. And my point going with Flight of Passage, though, they could have used a lot of those elements and put just about anything. It didn't matter whether it was Avatar, and that would have been a quality attraction. Was my was my point. It wasn't because it's Avatar. You see what I mean? You could have created just about any story that fits that type simulator, and it would be just as popular and just as big a hit. You could put the Thorn film to Flight of Passage, and it would be <laughs> pretty. <laughs> Probably be bigger. It'd be longer lines for Soren. Yeah, <laughs> if you were writing it like that. Yeah. Anyway, we spent a little too much time on that. Yeah. Can I can I do a fun story? I know Adam, you 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 shared this story, but I really want to go into depth on this. Okay. So this is Disneyland Paris. Oh, this. A man took LSD. <laughs> a man took LSD and fell in a lake at Disneyland Paris. He was found naked and confused hours later. The Swiss tourists had planned the trip of a lifetime, taking LSD while on vacation at Disneyland Paris. A 32-year-old engineer was slipped the hallucinogenic drug by his girlfriend, who was 30, and he almost immediately (laughs) fell into the man-made lake in Adventureland. When he didn't resurface, they all started looking for him. Uh, The next morning, as the search through, a 44-year-old man driving home from work came across an odd sight. Uh, He came face-to-face with a naked man walking in the middle of the road, did not have a centimeter of clothes on him, and he was barefoot. He did not remember anything... (laughs) Yep. They finally found him. He was like a mile away, right? Somewhere yeah, from like the park. Yeah, like a mile away from the park. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge that we should really embrace now. The LSD challenge. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We will not do that. It's no. just the the most crazy story ever. I'm yeah. really interested into what happened in the in-between. Yeah. Because, I mean, how in the world did he get out of the park without someone's knowledge are not seeing him, especially given the fact that, I mean, at what point did he become naked? I mean, when, when did that happen? You know, yeah. uh, how did right. he manage to get out of the park unnoticed for I'm, that matter? I'm thinking maybe on LSD. he recreated Shawshank Redemption, you know, how he like gets out of the crawling through the mile of sewer and then gets into the water and Starts taking his clothes off and like <laughs> he, he found a secret tunnel underneath the in the water of Jungle Cruise. He found right. where the drain pipe was and somehow swam down it. That's a, yeah, that's exactly. a big drain pipe. <laughs> yeah, that's my thought. Uh, but looking at it, the uh, their Adventure Land, it's not like you know, say Florida's like Rivers of America, for example. You could swim all the way around to where the water show boats are, but at Paris, it's not really connected to anything. So. I will, I, I will give a shout out, though, to Disneyland. This is in the article I was reading. Disneyland Paris was unfazed by the incident. Park officials told La Parisian that the hours-long search did not disrupt regular operations, and a 5K race took place that same evening. Visitors (laughs) did not even realize there was a problem. That's such a French French thing to do, right? Right. Only in Paris. Only in Disneyland Paris. I was like, what? This happens every day. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) No, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. They're like a naked guy swimming in the water like me. It's fine. No biggie. <laughs> if this had happened anywhere on U.S. parks, the, he would have been seen immediately probably and put in he jail was, quickly. He was rescued He was rescued by Inspector Clouseau. Right. That was I a bad And was he good? <laughs> what happened is that somehow he got backstage. He got in a character costume. Waltzed around the park. Right. 
Walked Maybe the that's what door, it was. Walked out the front door in like a Chippendale outfit or something. Uh, wow. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah. Like I said, I'd be interested in exactly what the story in between is, but I'm sure he doesn't know. So, so probably. <laughs> he doesn't remember. So it was probably just like, you know, the head part of Chip Ordale and not anything else. So he's still naked, but just the, <laughs> just the head part. <laughs> If you do ever go to Disneyland Paris, stay away from the LSD. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take any LSD when I was here. That's good to good. know. <laughs> what happens in Paris? Yeah. What happens in Paris? <laughs> Stays, well, in that vicinity, I guess. In the news. A, within a mile of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say go with, we talked about Star Wars a little bit earlier. I want to go back to the Star Wars Hotel and kind of revisit how that's going to play out just to kind of yeah go into a little more in depth than what we did. And I'm going to, again, start reading off from, this is from Disney parks blog. This article is, it says that a star Wars vacation experience, unlike anything Disney has ever created before will fully immerse guests in a galaxy far, far away. When star Wars Gal- galactic star cruiser, which was the official name debuts at Walt Disney world. Now, of course we have no idea when that's going to be, Right now, we don't have a specific, but um, the way they have presented it, okay, mm-hmm. it offers a two-night itinerary where all guests arrive and depart together, similar to Disney Cruise Line. So my first question on that to you guys is, with a two-night itinerary, um, do you feel like, and this is kind of what I thought, um, if they're just going to let you do two nights, are they going to offer this as in packages where they, along with some other resort most likely for the to stay a remainder um like i could see disney totally like how they do the things with if you stay five nights at this so and so like in under special circumstances i could see them doing saying two nights here three nights at x resort for this price yeah you feel like that's going to be a thing whenever they first release this hotel maybe i mean it, it depends on if they have trouble booking it i think uh, yeah. Signs point to they might have some trouble booking it. Of course, this is not is that part's like a cruise. I I mentioned whenever I started reading off the last time about the way they did this, it's laid out very much seems like like a cruise the way like a cruise ship would be, except yeah. it's on land. And of course, you're not you know Wait, you're not really on land prisoner. I guess you mean in yeah, space. Excuse me, it's going to be in space. I forgot. We're going to be there. This is the first Disney hotel that you're going to take off and go to space and come yeah, back in two a space days cruiser. and land on Batu. Right. On board, you will stay in well appointed cabins, whatever that means. Uh, experience onboard dining, make a planet side excursion to Black Spire Outpost on Batu, and much more. I'm wondering with this, it's almost like, okay, so you're going to make an excursion as they put it to black spire outpost so are you only allowed to go to black spire outpost while you're i mean like are they going to have like shot collars or something when you try to go into well you turn the corner to andy's backyard definitely that would break the experience yeah i mean like is there gonna be a force field there once this opens yeah something so you're basically a prisoner (laughs) in this ship that's what it sounds like i imagine you could do whatever you wanted but what happens is the shuttle back to your ship it like just like a cruise ship uh you have a certain time you have to get back on it in order to get back to your yeah and i don't know that they'll like restrict you but i feel like i feel like what they're going to do is they're going to have an itinerary for black spire outpost like they're going to have special things that only this group does in black spire or on batu perhaps 
you know, like they're going to have like a, they're going to have a certain time to board like Millennium Falcon. They're going to have a certain time to board Rise of Resistance, all that kind of thing right. is going to already be included in their stay yeah. on the cruiser. And I hope that you have options to where you don't have to go ahead and pay. If you want to do a lightsaber, like it would be included in the price of your cruise if you wanted to do that, that kind of thing. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot that's going to, this is one of the questions that I was going to bring up. Is Disney looking at this as a means of making more things that they do on property all inclusive or maybe even going to all inclusive with other resorts, if not all of them eventually say for instance, you know, they kind of do it a little bit with the dining plan. Like you can have the dining plan added to your package is optional, but if you have it, you know, you're getting your food basically, right? Almost like you do on a cruise ship, your food's included with the exception of some of the, you know, there's like special dining that you can add, but your food, you have a four course meal every night included when you do a cruise. And I feel like that's the way they're going to do with this hotel is, you know, the price includes the food. Like you're not going to have to pay separate for food unless of course it's alcohol. There's always, that's always an additional charge. Right. And there might be some special snacks that are additional charged. Like for instance, on the cruise ship, everything's included. Like there's free ice cream and stuff, but then they have the, the Wreck-It Ralph themed or they have a uh, vanilla piece, uh, sweets and treats. That's an additional charge. If you want to go in there and buy, you know, something from that store, that's, that's additional, but everything else, like they have a frozen section that has ice cream where you can just go up and get ice cream anytime you want to, while you're on the ship. You know, if you want to gorge yourself on ice cream, the entire cruise, you could, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Of course the drinks, the drink stations for all the tea, all the Coke, all the coffee, whatever you want to drink, that's totally included. You can drink until you pass out if you want to. Now, if you're going to drink alcohol until you pass out, you're probably going to cost more than the cruise itself. But um, anything else, yeah, you could drink that all day long. So I feel like it's going to be kind of like that on this um, this hotel. It's going to be all inclusive, and the you know, of course, they had some neat things about like the training remote and things like that. So my question to you guys is: something being all inclusive, do you like that idea, or would you rather have your options, or do you like the idea of having it already paid for and I can do what I want that's already paid for? There's a lot about all inclusive that I like, and I think. I sometimes miss having the dining plan because I did have it before. And there's something to be said for the not even thinking about it when it comes to money. Like right. it's, it is paid for. So, and I usually, at least me, I, I pay for things, you know, in a monthly time frame. So back when I was not a pass holder and I went on the dining plan, you know, the, 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 the vacation had to be paid for like 30, 45 days in advance. So right. by the time I got there, it was, a bill that was paid for. So that was always nice to show up and basically you could get away with spending $0 and still have everything done. And I kind of like that. Granted it wasn't saving money, but I do kind of, there's some, something relaxing about that. Whereas, you know, you still are money's still in the back of your mind, even when you're on vacation, if you're constantly swiping the card. Now the magic band right. helps cause you kind of forget what you're spending. <laughs> Kind of like a casino. Right. Until the end of the week. <laughs> and you're like, what the? Yeah. It adds and up. And yeah, to... it's it's really nice being on the cruise ship, you know, not, I mean, totally being cashless, basically. That's one of the things that I think is very freeing. I don't even carry a wallet. I mean, it's all locked up. So I'm just, I pretty much carry nothing the entire time. All I have is, all I ever had on me on the cruise ship is my um, key to the world card because you need that for the room. Other than that, I mean, I carry absolutely nothing. 
transfer for the whole week. And it's almost like weird at first because you're used to having a wallet in your back pocket or something like that. And you almost feel naked to start with, but it's very freeing, I guess, uh, after that. Liberating. For however long. Yeah, it's very liberating. You know, I like the idea of it. The only, as far as like the all inclusive goes, the only thing I'm not sure I am excited about at all is the kind of cosplay aspect of it or the Westworld type thing that you can do there. I, I don't know that I'm really gonna get my money's worth, so to speak, because I don't know that I really right. want to participate in all the things you can do. This is something that we probably wouldn't be able to get money's worth out of it until the girls were older at the very least. And that's only assuming that they care anything about Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to really be into it to do yeah. this, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would do it just to say I've done it. I would do it once. They don't really describe the beds as being the best in the world, really. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they'll make it more comfortable than they sound. Yeah. They but, don't um, look comfortable on the yeah. picture. They, you know, yeah. I just I find it hard to believe they'll get away with them being uncomfortable is what I'm getting at. So I'm sure they'll do something. So, but the whole feeling like you're going to be in space the whole time, just like you're at sea the whole time, you can't really see land except for when you come into port. If they can create that experience, I would something I would definitely like to say that I've done at least once, even with an all inclusive price, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Now. They don't really have too many two-night cruises, so it's kind of hard to judge. Are they going to do exactly like that? But we're probably talking somewhere in the 3000 to 3500 at least range for those two nights, probably. Yeah. I think there's a reason why there's only, what, 60 rooms or something like that. Not a lot of... it's They're building it small right. to start with because I, I think this is a very select audience that's really going to enjoy this. And then there's going to be those that do it to try it and probably wouldn't do it again. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, think about it with the, that few rooms. They're probably trying to make it where they, at best, fill it up every two nights, I guess. Is that right? I mean, yeah, that's the idea. So. But, um, and for those two nights, you're going to be on this or in this hotel with the same people the for sure. The whole time, just like on a cruise. Again, it's one of those things that I would like to do just to say I've done it or to try it. And if you know, you never know, it might be one of those things like with me. When I first went on a, a Disney cruise, I had never been on one before, but I had been on a cruise ship before. And once I went on a Disney one, I was hooked. I mean, I'm my next one will be my fifth one, whatever that ends up being. So, yeah, I was hooked. Yeah. That might be the same with this. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. We'll find out. I'm sure that's what they want people to do but right i don't know well speaking of star wars i did want to mention one about star wars that came out this week uh george lucas uh, well the story about george lucas in bob Iger's new book when uh he signed over the rights to lucasfilm and all that to disney george lucas uh, as part of that deal had three outlines for the trilogy the sequel trilogy that were supposed to be kind of part of the deal, but Disney never really committed to making those. And of course they didn't go with whatever George Lucas outlined, probably because of how terrible the pre the prequels were. Maybe that's why, but, um, Iger says in his book, George Lucas felt betrayed by that. And it says that after a private screening of episode seven, Lucas told Iger, there's nothing new. And added there uh, weren't any new 
technological, not enough technological improvements in the new trilogy. So George obviously isn't that thrilled with the way things are going. And uh, Iger says that uh, he's quoted as saying, I just think we might have put a little too much in the marketplace too fast. What do you think? Yeah, they saturated it. Right. I think they both have points, truthfully, out of all this. I think if you could take the best of what each of them had to say and gel it into one thing, it would probably be the best overall product. But they obviously weren't in a position to do that because their egos got in the way. I think George's comments were basically because he was butthurt at the time that they didn't use any of his ideas. Yeah. And Iger is being where in the position he's in, he's saying, I'm going to do things my way or nothing else. So, you know, it was basically too much egotisticalness at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what George's ideas were for the, the new trilogy. I'm just curious. I was just thinking that because I would like to see him still like, like come up and do it somehow. I don't know if he could now that he basically yeah. sold Lucasfilm. I don't know if he could somehow have any right to any anything like that anymore. Right. But I mean, George is kind of right about there's nothing new, especially in The Force Awakens. There's nothing super new. There's new characters, but the whole plot and story of the movie is basically, you know, fan service rehashing. For the most part. In a way, in a way, the the whole like these these three films have all been about almost like that line that uh, Kylo Ren uses in The Last Jedi when he says about letting the past die or something along those lines. Right. I can't remember what he says. Let old things die. Um, yeah. yeah, I think they're it's all about closing the previous character stories while all the same all the while developing the new characters stories. And, you know, I've been critical of the films and I can kind of when I look at it, you know, the more I watch some of these, I can kind of see, yeah, where they're doing that. It doesn't mean that I still think that they did it in the best way possible. But, you know, just take a look with what they're doing with Galaxy's Edge and as good as Galaxy's Edge is, you're not going to see any references to characters that are dead, for instance. They're only using the now. They're going to, you know, they're not going to have Luke walking around. They're not going to have Vader walking around. And not there anyway. They have him in the park, but they don't have he or they've kind of stayed away from having classic characters, the older characters. Yeah, but gosh, like Darth Maul, they've gotten away. They, you know, they make sure they don't do that because that was kind of, I mean, I don't know if you want to say him returning is in the canon or not. It might be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Phasma isn't uh, doing her thing anymore either, I guess, because she's dead, according to The Last Jedi. So, Yeah, so, you know, you won't see the characters that are no longer in existence in Black Spire, right? So you yeah. only see ones that they know are still living and still going on, like Kylo's there, like Rey is there, Chewbacca's there. You're not mm-hmm. going to see Han Solo. You're not going to see Luke. You're not going to see Obi-Wan. You're not going to see, you know, you're not even going to see Force Ghost Luke. That would be kind yeah. of cool if they could pull that off, though. You never know. They pay Mark <laughs> Hamill enough, he might he would do it. Yeah, he might need the money. <laughs> no, well, maybe. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what his role is in this next film and this the last of this. Yeah. Well, I say it's hard to say the last because now that Disney has it, it's like never going to end. So I mean, right. the next three movies, it's just it'll probably just take longer time periods before they do the next well, three. The main canon, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, it's not like they just did a new... I mean, I don't know why... I don't know where it became a rule to do them in threes, but it, I guess it, it kind of became one. Yeah. So. Well, I was just going to make a comment on a couple of more of the cuts since we're, you know, hating yeah. on uh, Chapik and Iger. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> throw it in. Entertainment cuts continue. This is the one that's really going to do us in, guys. All right. Dino-rific dance party at Donald's Dino Bash. Ugh. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not going back to Animal Kingdom now. Yeah. I mean, I'm protesting. All right. <laughs> I mean, we talked about Flight of Passage being pretty awesome, but come on. Are there any other <laughs> dance parties available still? Uh, depends on if you're at a party or not, I guess. Yeah, Disney Junior dance, dance parties. Another right. change is that Disney Cruise Line will no longer be giving you onboard credits if you book your next cruise while you're still on board. So that change is coming. Yeah, when I looked at that story, I I first thought, weren't they cutting doing the onboard booking or no? They were just doing no, the you credits. Can do the on, you can do the onboard booking. You still get a discount. You just don't get the credits along with you it. You just don't get an onboard ship credit. Right. Another one that is interesting, although this is a developing story on what's actually going to be cut, but uh, there's no longer going to be bell services that will hold third-party deliveries of strollers, mobility aids, or some of some some grocery vendors. It appears it appears some grocery vendors are going to be fine, so they're right. cutting back on bell services. They're not really cutting back on bell services. They're cutting responsibilities of bell services. They yeah. they in all honesty, they never should have really had to do. Let's be let's be honest. That was outside of their job description. So, <laughs> yeah, you would, it would it cost money, right, to get this stuff. Yeah. So they were making money off of it. Yeah. Well, Disney wasn't. I mean, the guests. This was stuff the guests did outside of Disney services, and Bell Services was having to take care of it until they got it. So, I mean, I don't see where Disney's kickback was in it at all. That's just they did it initially, I think, as a convenience, and it became an expectation. Well, they started charging a so. fee after a while, and now they're just like, forget it. Certain certain things, but I mean, like say for instance, the Kingdom strollers, right? Uh, I had my stroller delivered there, mm-hmm. and it was held at Bell Services until I was able to get it. That would no longer be something I could do. I would have to meet Kingdom strollers whenever right. they deliver the stroller. Oh, right, time right, be. Yeah. right. So more more cuts coming. Uh, the question is going to be if the crowds improve, will some of this stuff start coming back? And uh, like as far as live entertainment and whatnot, like the Muppets or something. Gone. Yeah, um, is it gone for good? I, I mean, I, where do they really save money in cutting these things? Do they save that much money in cutting them, or do they just say, "Oh, we can trim the fat here, there, and everywhere"? I mean, I, does it really cost that much to have you know the mariachi core come out with cocoa? I mean, they already paid for the puppet. I mean, how much does it really? Well, cost? the people they pay for their time, I assume. So they're going to cut their. Uh, salary because they're not going to perform as much or because they're not going to perform with Coco because they're, the mariachi core uh, Cobra or whatever core, what is it called? Core, I mean the mariachis, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, they're probably, yeah, um, they're still going to, yeah, but they're still going to be having shows. Yeah. So maybe not as many. I don't know. I mean, they probably paid by the hour or by the show. I don't know how the structure is, but it's obviously saving some money. Hmm. Anyways. So the cuts are still coming. But new stuff is also opening, and Epcot's a construction zone, and so lots of good things coming that way. It's just going to be interesting to me that I, how much are they overcorrecting because they maybe they're going to have a bad quarter to report, and will will some of it come back? That's what I'm curious to see. Yeah, is is, is trying to make they, the cuts is this where just they like can. a temporary temporary stem the bleeding kind of thing to make it look a little bit better for the shareholders. 
And what about that story that has now pretty much gone away of that one cast member that said that they boosted their numbers already? You know, they kind of just disappeared. That story did, but um, I'm sure it's still somebody still knows about it or is still out there somewhere. So, mm-hmm. I I mean, if if I will start feeling like things are more grim if Adam goes the week of Christmas and he's able to pull fast passes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he's able to get. Slinky dog, same day, right? That will be the <laughs> if he's test. able to ride anything. If if Adam's able to get across the park before the park closes, then we'll be worried because that's 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 Christmas right there. That's going to yeah. be your Christmas, Adam. Right. You're going to be shoulder so, to shoulder. Yeah, thanks for you're gonna reminding be, me. You're going to be settling for. Well, I guess we haven't seen Philhar Magic recently. Yeah, well, tough to be a bug's <laughs> great. Let's do that again. It's like, okay, what what you're gonna do when you're making your plans is like, all right, so for your Christmas present for today, which which attraction do you want to do today? Which one ride are we it. gonna wait all day for? <laughs> <laughs> which attraction yeah. do you want to wait for today? Who knows? I mean, if I remember correctly, I was looking last year and there was a wait for the treehouse. Yeah. The Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse was showing a wait in the app that week. Yes. Which should literally be just like nothing but people walking through it. Right. <laughs> it is a wait. Right. It's the queue to nowhere. Well, hopefully this Christmas will be lighter because of everything still lighter. I don't know. I'm just hoping. You know, if they still, the resistance is going to be open and it's going to be packed. So, yeah. Yeah, well. If, if they still sold Dole Whips. I was going to say, if they still sold Dole Whips on that side, at that, at that uh, stand there. They could just make the treehouse part of the queue for the Dole Whip. That'd probably be what it would Actually, do. they probably still couldn't just have you queue up uh, all the way around Aladdin. Yeah. Well, that could be that could be a thing. Sell Dole Whips at the top of the treehouse. There you <laughs> go. Or sell them right before you get on. It's like, hey, by the time you get off, your Dole yeah. will, be done, will be done. Yeah, or melted. Whichever <laughs> one comes first. So, I don't know. I, I We're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Uh, Adam and I will. Uh, we're doing a food and wine trip, so mm-hmm. we'll report in on all the construction, of course. We'll get to ride the Skyliner, report in on just how scary it is up there. <laughs> right. Uh, Probably live streaming, right? Mm-hmm. I hope to live stream quite a bit while we're there. By the time we get there, maybe the lines will have died down for the Skyliner a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. I think that's one of those, like, depending on what time of day you ride it sort of thing. Perhaps. But, I mean, I bet the the friendship boat from the Dolphin where I'm staying to Epcot will be empty. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, from the right, Dolphin. Just take the boat. Well, you gotta, you got to consider it this way. The people that are at those hotels, they still, the friendship boat is still their most convenient transportation to those, so. Right. True. True, but it's not, it. You know, there's not going to be as many people using the friendship boats to go between the parks, right? Not between that. Yeah, between Hollywood Studios and Epcot, you're true. That part, I, that part of it will should be less. I bet that. tonight there was a long line for the Skyliner. Yes, <laughs> as we're recording it, it was the last night of Illumination. Oh yeah, I saw a picture post fireworks, um, and the I, it was actually Parkeology, uh, the account that posted the picture. And they were posting that the Skyliner was, I don't know, 
all the way down the trail. It was pretty far. It was may- maybe back to Beach Club. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know. No, it wasn't that far, but it was far. As awesome and as neat as the Skyliner would be for me to get on and ride and all this other good stuff, it's one of the things I think I like about it the most is it draws a crowd, and so it takes attention off the other forms of transportation. <laughs> so I could just really, if I'm really all I'm interested in is getting back and not be, you know, packed to the gills and the other forms of transportation then i would still be okay so well i'm looking forward to it i want to yeah. i want to ride it all the way around oh I, like i said don't get me wrong it's neat and I'm, i want to do that too but again it's when it comes down to just transportation if everybody's just gonna like go toward it i'm glad that it takes pressure off the other forms yeah so sure. adam are you gonna accept any uh challenges from any of our listeners for our uh food and wine day like you know <sighs> One drink at every country or every booth. You think you do one at every booth? That was your suggestion, not not a viewer or a listener. So, I'm a listener. I listen to the show. <laughs> that was I your suggestion kind of on the show. You're like, I'm do you think you could eat thirty new all the new items or something? That's what you tell me. I was like, yeah, yeah, you, probably you got could. the money saved up. You got the money saved up. You're what was it? How much was it again? Like, How much was it to try everything? Wasn't that much. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars or something. <laughs> That's for the new stuff, right? Yeah, no, I meant everything. Oh, it's Wasn't it like seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred, something like that. Yeah, it was like close to two grand. Yeah, yeah. Adam could do it. I'm not doing all that. You could do it if we gave you a couple of days. You could go. Through I would it say all. if you gave me a couple of thousand dollars, sure. I'd do it. <laughs> I was gonna say if you can do it all in four hours, it's, I'll pay. It's for not it. the food <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Man eats everything at Food and Wine Festival except naked on the Skyliner at Riviera Resort. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be the uh, the the LSD Paris version of this story. Just sure. Adam eats everything. Yeah, at Food and, and Wine. And then I weigh down the Skyliner gondola so much that it just <laughs> it like sinks into the ocean <laughs> or the lake. Right. Just don't ride the the Pop Century line. You'll dip down into the water <laughs> uh, oh brother anyway all right i think we're we're reaching our limit here so adam when is your when is your next run going to be when are we going to run the the challenge together get you a completion well we have to do some some work if we're doing the december 4th one that's gonna it's gonna take some effort there but december 4th it's possible December 4th is the uh, Give Kids the Rides Day. Mm -hmm. For those Ah. of you who are listening, who have been piqued by the challenge, December 4th is a good day to run because that will be a day that we will be raising a lot of money for Give Kids the World. Uh, You can get more information on that if you go to the Every Ride Challenge page. They will have a little bit more information, or you can probably just follow along uh, at Ride Every. They will have some of the information about that day. So you can sign up for the December 4th uh, give kids the rides day. I don't know what the target is. I know that we're the December. overall year goal is getting closer. Yeah. December 4th, mm-hmm. getting closer to a hundred grand this year raised for give kids the world. So we'll see uh, if we hit that before the challenge day or not, but yeah, December 4th is a, I think there will be a lot of people there, some activities. And I'm sure if you want to meet some of the people in the challenge community, we'll have a lot of us there to have a good time. And then it will just stay up after December 4th when we're done and uh, not sleep and rope drop Rise of the Resistance on December 5th. Right. Why not? Okay. And then take a very long nap. 
So, let's wrap this episode up. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at TWTM Podcasts. If you would like, we also have a Spreadshirt store in which you can find your our exclusive TWTM Podcasts merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. We also have a website, which is travelingwiththemouse.com, and you can email us at podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. We also have a Patreon page where you can help support the show that way. Patreon.com slash TWTM podcast. So for Adam, Jason, my name is John. This has been Traveling with a Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. So, uh, Adam, mm-hmm. if we get a Patreon subscriber, if someone donates $2,000, you, you'll eat everything? Sure. All right. Good. <laughs>